Hello and welcome to The Scoop with me, Andy McAnally. You're listening to Stockport's independent podcast, where each week I speak to a local business owner. This week I'm joined by Jacqueline Eyre of Air Therapy. Hey Jackie, you okay? I'm very well, thank you. Good, excellent. So I believe you've listened to a few episodes and uh, involved in some of the networks uh, locally, so know a few of my previous guests. Yeah, I certainly do. Excellent, cool. So... Um, why don't we why don't we start as we always do then Jackie do you want to um, tell us a little bit about yourself um your journey and how you got to where you are today yeah no problem um well I suppose um my journey started uh, when I was very young because I'm very passionate about mental and physical well-being um and I suppose it started at the age of 13 when I started uh, karate okay. um Karate, the style of karate I do is very mindful and it's all about breathing. So um, that got me on my journey of well-being, really. Um, And then I did lots of holistic stuff in my 20s and I qualified in all the holistic therapies such as reflexology, aromatherapy, Reiki and massage. Um, And then when I got in my 40s, I decided... um, to carry on with the journey and do my psychotherapeutic counselling qualification and my hypnotherapy qualification as well. Um, so, so yeah, the journey started quite young, really, and I'm still learning and still going on courses to improve helping and supporting people through mental and physical well-being. Fantastic. That's really interesting that it started with with karate. Um because whilst obviously karate is a, I suppose there is yeah. an element of, um, uh, it's it's composure, isn't it, and and mental, mental strength as much as physical strength. But it doesn't doesn't strike me as the start of of that journey necessarily. Mm. It's interesting. I think it, it does really depend on the style that you do. Um, the style that I do is traditional Shotokan karate and it's a lot of it is about breathing and learning to breathe correctly mm-hmm. and once you master that it's amazing how it does keep you in very good physical and mental health yeah um brilliant so and you're still doing that are you I am 37 years in so just beginning really excellent (laughs) cool fantastic so um in terms of what it is you actually do now and your business air therapy um so you said yeah you years ago you would you did all your your reiki your massage and and all that kind of thing and and now you've gone on to do Mm -hmm. your psycho psycho something therapy was it sorry um, so are you a therapist like a now, a counsellor, or is it a combination of of everything? Yes. Well, it's a combination, to be honest. I mean, yesterday I was helping somebody who's suffering from arthritis through massage. So I did sort of a neck and Reiki session, okay. massage session with her. And today mm-hmm. I've got a couple of Zoom um, counselling sessions, talking therapy sessions. So it's a mixture, really, of um, well-being. Right. Okay. So well-being through various different sort of holistic treatments. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Smashing. And um, so how long have you been um, self-employed then? 
Well, um, I suppose um, two years, really, only two years, because prior to that, I okay. was in the property and construction sector for, well, 25 years. Um, and so, right, yeah, okay. I decided on my 50th birthday, I'd give my hand my notice in and uh, start air therapy for full time, really. Okay. And um, and so were you doing therapy on the side then, were you, whilst you were in construction? Yes, yeah. Yeah, I've always done my therapies uh, part-time, sort of in the evenings and weekends. And what was it that made you wait so long um, before you decided to go full-time? Yeah, it, it's funny, isn't it? I think a lot of people go through this. I felt um, as a single parent that I had a job and it was a very good job. I had a company car um, and I felt that I couldn't mm-hmm. leave because I had the security to be able to pay my bills. And um, I had to, I don't know, I, I felt I had to stay. Um, but I think when you get to a certain age, you think, why are you being so ridiculous? You know, you can you, you can do this and you're very good at it. So why don't you just take that leap of faith and leave the corporate world and do something you're passionate about? So so that's what I did. Fair enough. Fantastic. How have the last two years been? Have, um, have, how have you found the transition from being employed in a totally different sector to, to working from yourself, for yourself full time? think it's completely different I mean I think um I think you have to be a certain person to to do the self-employed journey I think that you have to be driven and you have to have the qualities to be able to get out of bed and have structure because without structure and boundaries I think it's very difficult to succeed and luckily uh, you know it it does hark back to McCarty again because that is full of structure and discipline and I've always had that in my life so you know I'm very um, I'm very structured in what I do and I think you know when you take on self-employment and you haven't got to be in an office at nine o'clock in the morning you know you have to have that determination that you'll be either sat at your desk or you'll be somewhere else doing something else so you know you keep going to be successful really and why did you decide to go independent rather than working for um, another therapist or or an organization of therapists yeah I I think it was it was twofold really I think um in my job I I was suffering I think with stress and anxiety things weren't I'd been in the same employment for 25 years and I was a bit burnt out to be honest and I didn't want to go back working for somebody else I wanted to you know try and be my own boss so you know I could I I could really concentrate on me and develop and, you know, go back to learning. And that's what I did, really. And, you know, 2020, you know, with the pandemic actually was a very good year for me in terms of self-development and understanding exactly what I wanted to concentrate on. So was that a year where you were able to sort of really sort of niche down in terms of your business? Because obviously there's a lot of treatments that it sounds like you you're qualified in and that you're able to provide so you were able to sort of to really sort of decide on the the journey that your business is now going to go were you 
Yeah, I think so. I mean, I do a lots of work with the Samaritans and in my own personal life, I've suffered a lot of loss and change. So I've decided to really narrow down, especially my talking therapies with stress, loss and change, that cycle that we go through. And of course, 2020 was full of loss and change in so many different ways for lots of different people. You know, even a loss of not being able to go to the pub was a loss for some people, you know. Yeah. And there's definitely um, emotions and feelings surrounding those those things, you know, which is what I'm what I've experienced over a long period of time in my life and and why I want to help and support people. I suppose that leads on to what um, what is the so what exactly is the 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 business looking forward how do you um how do you continue to go and and help and support people particularly now that we're coming out of the 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 last year in the pandemic well interestingly I, i did start off um in 2019 um in corporate and going into companies and doing stress awareness workshops and helping companies understand the stress, anxiety and depression, which is created in a workplace. And actually only last week on Wednesday, I was in a company, uh, your support team in Cheadle Hume. And it was the first time that group of um, people had been together since COVID. And they all came in the office and we did a, a lunch and learn power hour of techniques of you know coping and with anxiety and stress going back to the workplace and and it worked really well actually so obviously I want to build on that and and carry on doing workshops I think power hours are great and it gets a team back together you know more confident so working with is it work is it working with businesses that you tend to focus on rather than individuals or a combination thereof or it's a combination, really, to be honest. Um, so, I mean, when you work with a company, sometimes that brings individuals to you anyway, you know, because when when you do a workshop, it identifies maybe some areas that need working on. And then, you know, some companies pay for their staff to have individual sessions after that, or people approach me, you know, and we do individual. So they sort of work hand in hand, really. Excellent. And um, so what have been the uh, the challenges then over the last two years being full-time self-employed? Obviously, other than the, the glaringly obvious <laughs> COVID challenge. Yeah, I think, you know, I think when you set off, it's, it's getting your message out there. I suppose it is the marketing part of things, because like you quite rightly say, you know, why why use me? Why why not use any, you know, why not go onto the counselling directory and find an, another therapist? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the challenge is, is is to try and stand out and, you know, try and help people understand why you're different and why they should use you. And I think that was the biggest challenge, really, because I'd never done any marketing before. Um, and, yeah, I think... I think through networking, you know, you get to know people and therefore you get referrals because I think in mental health, um, it's referrals that get you the business, not necessarily, you know, adverts and things like that. Yeah, I tend to agree. I think from from my own experience and having spoken to um, 
to other people in similar roles as yourself, I think, um, yeah, an advert doesn't doesn't provide the no like and trust, does it for that for that counsellor or the therapist? Whereas the referral, at least no. you know that somebody that you know and no. trust knows, likes and trusts that therapist as well. So, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. So, in terms of marketing, then it's not been all out advertising and 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 things like that. You've found that networking has been something that you've uh, you've used to your to your um, success, and that's helped you overcome that challenge. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I did, Andy, I did make a lot of mistakes when I started off and I did go down the advertising route. I advertised in local magazines. I sponsored a defibrillator mm-hmm. in the big Tesco's at Hanforth Dean. You know, I went, I spent thousands actually of pounds and it got me nowhere. In fact, I didn't get one client from probably for a £4,000 campaign of doing, you know, so many different things because everyone says you should do this and this so everyone knows who you are and none of it worked. But I think networking it does work, especially in my profession. It's the one thing where I've got most of my work from is, is like you say, it's the like, know and trust cycle, isn't it? And you can't get that through mm-hmm. having a therapy just put next to a defibrillator that says you've sponsored it. You know, it just doesn't doesn't work. I, le- I learned the hard way. <laughs> and I now talk, talk to anybody who's starting off, do not bother. No, I suppose something like sponsoring the defibrillator, it's it's a nice touch once you're once you're established and people maybe recognize you then that you've done that. And it's a it's something that says, yeah, that's great. She's reaching out and doing something for the community, but actually as a a generating business leads, it's, it's very cold, I suppose, isn't it? Well, yeah. And people think who the hell's their therapy, (laughs) you know, it's um, yeah, I got, I suppose I got um, brainwashed in a way by these marketeers and the salespeople who are very good at what they do, you know, and that's where I fell down really. Um, I think when I initially started mm-hmm. off. Fair enough, but at least you've learned from those mistakes, and um, and you've been able to utilise then the the lessons that you've learned to uh, to create the successful business you have now. Absolutely, yeah. Learn to say no is my uh, biggest um, tip for anybody. Learn to say no. <laughs> <laughs> Smashing. So, what about successes then? Um, Jackie, what would you say your biggest successes have been in the last two years? Well, yeah, well, you know what? Um, As I I said earlier, I'm a Samaritan. I've been with the um, Macclesfield branch of the Samaritans for seven years. Um, And during the pandemic, when, when the Prime Minister announced that we were going into the first lockdown, I thought, this is going to be a struggle for some people and how, what can I do to support people? So through my media channels, I started to do um, little videos that was top tips and I called it top tip Tuesday. And I carried on from the start of lockdown, the lockdown one in March last year and just continued to do them until I got to around about September time, which was probably week 30 or something. Um, and it was my daughter, actually, she said to me, um, you know, mum, these tips are fantastic. Why don't you put them in a book? And 
when she said that to me, I thought, a book? I've never even contemplated writing a book. And then I thought about it and thought, well, actually, she's got, you know, th these can help people. I will put them in a book. So a friend, um, in fact, is my uh, karate colleague. So I've known him for well over 25 years. He's a designer mm -hmm. and um, graphic designer and um, stylist. I spoke to him and I said, would you like to... Um, do some illustrations for my top tips and he said you know I think that's a fantastic idea so um so basically we did a book and I managed to publish it in January on Amazon and for me it was an on-brainer of giving something back to the Samaritans because they are our charity our mental health charity that's been in this country since the 50s and it never closes it's open 24 7 um and so I spoke to um, Bob, um, the designer, and I said, Let, let's give 25% of anything that we get through royalties back to the Samaritans. So that's what we're doing, really. So I suppose that's, a, you know, if you'd have said to me last year, are you going to write a book? I'd have probably just laughed at you because that would never entered my head. So I think, you know, through, like I said, personal uh, development and learning, I've managed to, you know, write and publish a book, which uh, I'm very, very proud of. And, you know, we've sold so far um, 135 copies, which, you know, I think is pretty good. But, you know, if we could sell a lot more, we could raise a lot more money. So um, I'd just quite like to, you know, help people. And it's, it's called A Year for Change, and it's got 52 top tips to get you mentally more positive. Fantastic. That sounds excellent. Um, really good way of of utilizing the tips that you've got um, and that you've been you've been able to provide to people on social media. And I guess you've been able to elaborate on those tips so provide even more value throughout throughout that as well. Um, one thing that strikes me though is, I mean, you've suggested that obviously you've been busy throughout lockdown with. Um, your social media and your self-development and I would expect that there's it's maybe been a busy year as well in terms of clients because of the mental health backlash that's happened how did you find time to to write the book <laughs> <laughs> well you know it's interesting Andy you should say that because actually I didn't have that many clients and I think you know although I think the pandemic has now brought awareness for mental health to the forefront and I do think it has because people have been a lot more mindful about what's been going on there's still a lot of people that aren't reaching out for help um I mean I've had I've had a few but for example January and February I didn't have one client which is absolutely extraordinary in the in the years I've been doing it even in a part-time basis mm. I've never had two months where I've not had a client but now it's really you know snowballing and picking up but I think people just uh they're, they're more mindful of it but they're still not reaching out and getting help which um would be a message that you know I'd like to shout you know it, it is good to talk and you know you can just have one-off sessions you don't have to feel like you've got to have six sessions with a th well not with me anyway Um, I don't work on the basis that you have to sign up for six sessions you know you can just have one-offs 
Um, but yes, yeah, still people aren't coming forward mm-hmm. um, to receive that help. So why do you think that is? What 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 do you think it is? Is there still a stigma um, in terms of speaking up, or or do you think it's just that I guess the the year has affected people to to the degree both um, psychologically, financially, etc. That they've maybe just decided not to go, not to make that call. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think they will. I th- I think it'll come, but I think it's we're just not there mm-hmm. yet. So, you know, I think, I'm not sure. I mean, I think finances have got something to do with it. But, you know, I was talking to somebody yesterday um, who was trying to get some help uh, with crews. And, you know, they've got an 18-month waiting list. I mean, that's just ridiculous, you know, because you just haven't got the capacity to help people. And the same with the NHS, you know, I've, I've got mm-hmm. clients that are on, you know, a 13-month waiting list to talk to somebody. But obviously, through the NHS, it's free. So I think, you know, financially, it does have an impact yeah. because not everybody can afford, of course, to have a private counselling session. And I appreciate that. Um, and I, I think those that can are, are now starting to realise that, you know, it is a good thing to do. But I think we've got a long way to go for people to, you know, I mean, in South Africa and America, it's very, you know, everyone's got a therapist. (laughs) Everyone's got a psychotherapist, you know, but we're just not like that in this country. And, you know, hopefully it'll shift and change. Yeah. We don't, uh, we don't like talking um, about things quite as much, do we? No. Okay. Smashing. So, um, but obviously you've got a, successful business after a couple of years of quite quite a few months but still we're we're picking up now which is good um book's done really well 135 copies that's incredible um given it it's it's only been released in january um so it's obviously going to help people who are reading the book as well as helping people with the donations to the samaritans um but let's now come um come away from business and talk a little bit more about stockport and the sk postcodes um, whereabouts exactly are you based then, Jackie? Um, I'm based in Wimslow, just down the road. And how long have you been um, SK based? Um, born and bred, to be honest. Um, I've always been in Wimslow. Um, I, did, I did go travelling wow. for a couple of years. I did, I did go travelling for a couple of years in my 20s. But apart from that, I've always been in the SK area all my life. Cool, fantastic. It's unusual that a lot of uh, a lot of my guests have, have come in from further afield. They're foreigners, as I like to call them. Um, so it's <laughs> nice to uh, nice to speak to somebody else who's born and bred. <laughs> um, so what's um, what's your relationship then in terms of business with the, with the area? Do you th- how do you think your business um, can benefit the area and the community? And vice versa, how does the community um, help help with your business? Yeah, I mean, I, I do support a lot of uh, the community. I mean, I, I uh, sponsor the local Wimslow Cricket Club um, with, their, with, with what they do. Um, I work locally. Um, I, I work with local businesses as well. 
Um, I do a lot of charity work, obviously with uh, the Samaritans, but also I help in any sort of events. So, I, you know, I, I like to think that I keep, you know, everything very local, really, to help local people. And is your customer base generally local then, is it rather obviously with, with Zoom now, um, after the last year, you've got the opportunity, I suppose you could be global, but you tend to stick with local. And so when you're working with businesses, it's small local businesses, is it rather than large corporates? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I did do some large corporates when I set off in Manchester, but but recently, obviously, um, I'm now working with a lot of local companies all over the SK um, postcode, actually. Um, so, yeah, I work with local companies, but mm-hmm. like you say, Zoom does open up to, to go anywhere in the world. And through Zoom, I suppose, I've managed to get some clients that, you know, are nowhere near here. I've got a client in Scotland, a client in Exeter, and I would never have got those, you know, if it hadn't been for the pandemic. So mm-hmm. I think, and again, it's networking. So it's going on to different networks and meeting different people, you know. So, yeah, it's, it's a benefit. But, you know, Zoom is fabulous. Yeah, I was I was going to come back to networking. I think that's probably something else that's that's community led, um, that's really benefited you and and vice versa. You can offer something to the the network community that you're involved in. And I mean, don't get me wrong, you you will be involved in larger, more outreach networks potentially. But a lot of the networks, particularly around here, there's a lot that are SK based or Wilmslow only or Stockport only aren't they yeah and that's going to be hugely beneficial to to everybody involved yeah Yeah. definitely definitely. um okay and so I guess so I guess um in terms of uh coming back to coming back to therapy um what would your best advice be to somebody who's maybe thinking about therapy or maybe knows they've got some mental health issues and and needs to reach out to somebody what would you what would your best top tips be um I think you know if they're looking for a therapist there are I would definitely find one that's accredited you know because there's probably a lot of people out there who may be armed (laughs) um and so I, I would go to the you know the websites that have you know that I'm on that you know prove that we have got the qualifications to do what we say we can do so they're like the National Counselling Society um the Counselling Directory the British um Counselling Directory as well you know all, all those sort of um bodies that you know it's like anything isn't it if you're in a trade and you you know you are most people are associated to bodies to keep them ethnic you know and and sort of run correctly so you know make sure that they are actually qualified and I think that that's the number one tip really is is talk to somebody that they know what they're doing um and then find, you know, mm-hmm. whatever reason it is that you come in for therapy, whether it be bereavement or anxiety, you know, find somebody who specialises in that field. And I think they're the best tips, really, um, for anybody who's wanting to get mm-hmm. private therapy, you know, consultations. And I guess we, we touched on it already, didn't we? Speak out. 
talk to people yeah as well maybe yeah talking is is one of the you know the best ways forward really um but it it is important to state that when you talk to a professional who is non-judgmental and who is confidential and they don't have an opinion of what you're telling them um, that's why it works because we all talk to friends and we can all go for a glass of wine or you know a pint of beer and moan about our lives and that's great but the problem is when you're talking to the friends, friends and family they have an opinion and that's not always helpful and they're never mm-hmm. really truthful because they don't want to upset you so that's why talking to a professional works rather than just talking to friends and family yeah that makes a lot of sense and uh, i think that's a great a great tip and then follows on from your your other tips of finding a professional with the with the right um accreditation mm. so um so to finish we always come back to uh come back to stockport obviously you've said you're born and bred here um and you've uh You've been doing karate for thirty-seven years, so we've got a we've got an idea of how long you've been here. Um, what is it you love about about Wilmslow or Stockport or the the SK postcodes in the area? What's kept you here? The weather. <laughs> the weather keeps me here because I okay. think it's. Um, <laughs> I know it's an odd, it's an odd thing to say. I think I think the weather. I think we're just in a new, unique place in the UK here in Cheshire. I think Cheshire is um, it's got mm-hmm. so many beautiful places that only takes you know minutes to get to. Really, where I live, I can walk to two nature reserves, Lindo Common and Newgate Nature Reserve. They're literally two or three minutes around mm-hmm. the corner. But you know, in you can get in your car and the network of motorways and places to get to the rest of the country is on our doorstep. We've got the most amazing airport. I love Manchester airport, especially the old terminal one. Um, and, and I just think, yeah, for me, um, Cheshire is, is one of the best counties in, in the country really. Yeah, I would absolutely agree. I think we've we've got everything, and that's one of the things that a lot of people um, pick up on. It's the location and the proximity to everything. It's what I, I call it the twenty minute rule because we're twenty minutes from everywhere. <laughs> that's very good. I like that. So um, that just about rounds off the interview, Jackie. It's been uh, obviously great talking to you. Really interesting finding out more about your business and what it is you do. Do you want to leave the listeners? Um, with where they're able to find you obviously i'll stick all your links on our website but if you want to uh if you want to let us know where where we can find you how we can get in touch yes thank you um it's air therapy which is air as in jane air so that's e-y-r-e and then therapy.co.uk is my website and it's got links shows my corporate work my individual and private work and also there's a link there to find the book as well i was gonna say the book's available on amazon you said it is yeah it's it's available on amazon but also if you go to my website yeah. there is a tab that says my book and and you can get it through there as well fantastic and you're available on social media as well yeah facebook is uh, air talk twitter 
and Instagram is all air talk actually is the uh, handles for those and LinkedIn is um, Jacqueline Air. Cool well thank you very much like I say it's been been really interesting talking to you get get great to get some insight into uh, into what it is you do um, the uh, and the lessons that you've learned over the last couple of years as well thank you very much thanks Andy thanks for your time cheers no worries so uh, don't forget as always please make sure you're following the scoop on your podcast platform so you don't miss out on each new episode and if you have been enjoying listening to the scoop please leave us a review over on apple podcasts it really does help to showcase both the podcast and also help promote local businesses like jackie's finally to support what i'm doing you can always buy me a brew over at buymeacoffee.com forward slash the scoop and don't forget, whenever you're searching, it's spelt just like our postcode. It's S-K-O-O-P. Well, thanks once again, Jackie. Great talking to you, and I look forward to meeting you soon. Great. Thanks, Andy.